You're about to listen to a message from Every Nation Church Midrand, the place where people come to be changed and discipled to transform society. I come before the throne of grace. I come to obtain mercy that I may find grace to help me in this season, to help me in every area of need. I come to obtain mercy that I may find grace. I come to obtain mercy that I may find grace. I wanted to say it, put it in those words. That is Hebrews chapter 4 verse 16. Listen carefully. I wanted to pray with understanding. I wanted to pray with understanding. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 16. Listen, if you don't connect with that throne, there's nothing a man can do to help you. A king told a woman when they were in desperate situation, politically, economically, socially, everything had gone down. People were literally selling and killing their sons to survive. And the woman approached the king and he said, things are so bad, I've been ripped off. A woman made agreement with me, we sold my son first, it's time to sell her own and he's going to hide her son. And I can't survive. And the king says, if God does not help you, from where am I going to help you? That is the truth of the matter. No prophet can help you. No political leader can help you. No pastor can help you. If you will not obtain mercy and find grace, we all stand in need of mercy. We all stand in need of grace. Without grace, we cannot stand. We are what we are by the grace of God. And it's only the grace of God working in us that can help us fulfill our great destiny. It's only the grace of God. The grace of God that teaches us how to live, what to deny, what to denounce. The grace that brings salvation to all people. And so when you come through Jesus, you come before the throne of grace. In the Old Testament, it's, it's, it's the Ark of the Covenant that has, you know, the throne room. The, it has the, the mercy seats where there are angels and all of that overlooking the mercy seats. But people couldn't go there freely. Only one person once a year, the high priest. Every other person locked outside. And even the high priest, if you will not follow the protocol, he's slain dead. And dragged out with a rope. But when Jesus came, there's a change of protocol. The same throne is now called throne of grace. He is not the high priest that goes in and out once a year. He's permanently there. And the Bible says he's not just there representing us. He's our forerunner. So he's gone ahead that we may come in there. And so Hebrews 4.16 says, Let us come with confidence, with boldness, with assurance. Regardless of what is being your past and your present. You can come before that throne. It is saturated with grace. It overflows with grace. There is no shortage. No one comes and make contact. Will not obtain grace. 
Now listen. But he says you have to obtain mercy first. Some people think in the New Testament we don't need mercy. That's, that's not being well informed. Because it is the mercy of God that reveal the secret things to us. Daniel told the executioners in Babylon when they were to execute the wise men because they didn't know the king's secrets. The secret thing that was revealed to the, to the king, they couldn't assess it. And Daniel was going to be executed and he said, just give me a night. Let me and my friend Ask God for mercy. And when they asked for mercy, the secret thing was revealed to them. Because mercy grants us what we do not deserve. Mercy gives what merit cannot give. Mercy is beyond what we merit. I do not stand before you by reason of my merits. I stand by the mercy of God. So when you obtain mercy, it reveals secrets to you. Then you can find the grace you need. If mercy will not grant you sight, insight, revelation, you can't find grace. Grace is available, but you can't find it. It takes mercy for you to find the grace that will help you. The grace is present. But to find it, you need mercy. And it's all from the truth. So, no more church as usual. This, we don't just come here. We're excited to be with one another. But much more. We want mercy from the throne. That will help us find the grace we need. So lift your hand, take a moment, forget about everybody and everything, and tell the Lord, I come before your throne, not by my merits. I stand to obtain mercy. He's a God of mercy. That's his nature. He knows that we are dust. He knows we can never measure up. If God will mark shortcoming and iniquity, no one can stand. But we stand by the mercies of God. And by that mercy you can obtain grace. And you need that grace tonight. So that you can go further in the things of God. So you can go deeper in the things of God. So you can rise higher. And soar higher. Lift your hand and tell the Lord. I stand in need of your mercy. And your grace tonight. Your mercy, Lord. Your mercy, Lord. I receive your mercy, Lord. For our God is an awesome God. He reigns from heaven above. We, we, wisdom, power, and love our God. He's an awesome God. When there is no food on your table, and all your friends are gone, our God is an awesome God. 
When it seems your life is so far and you don't know where to go, I go. It's still an awesome God. I go. He's an awesome God. He reigns from heaven above. We, we. Come on. I go. I go. Yes. Yes, he reigns. Yes, he reigns. He reigns in wisdom. He reigns in power. Conviction. Sing it like you mean it. Ah, God. He's alive today with wisdom, power. Oh, God, reveal your power to us. Heaven above, Father, love our God is an awesome God. Come on, just give him all the glory. Lift your hand and praise the Lord tonight. He's an awesome God. He's an awesome God. He's an awesome God. I wanted to tell somebody, before you sit down, tell two people, my God is an awesome God. Hallelujah. All right, let's be seated. And he will do some awesome things in your life tonight. Thank you for the very warm welcome and the, you know, first class hospitality. If I'm going to make further comments, that will become a message. So, <laughs> but just know that you guys are among our Best favorite people all over the world. Can you say amen to that? Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. If it's not so, I won't say it. I will just keep quiet. So just jump in. But your pastors, your leaders, and, and together as a people, you're fitting into, you know, the, that space of the most favorite people we have all over the world. So we'll carry you in our hearts. Even when we don't see face to face, there's no disconnect. Amen. Out of sight is not out of mind. 
All right. And it's good to have uh, Pastor Gide. We'll, we'll call him uh, Apostolic Godfather. <laughs> I like it, Father. All right. It's good to have everyone. Help me give a high five to someone and say, it's good to have you around. <laughs> tell somebody, welcome. welcome. You know the meaning of welcome? It's well you came. If you didn't come, it won't be well. <laughs> now that you have come, it's well you came. So welcome. So tonight, uh, Pastor Oba already said the stage powerfully. Uh, we're just going to take off from where we stopped yesterday. And I love it when I'm with people that preach back to me in the preaching. So uh, again, we're talking in the house. And I asked Pastor Oba, you know, there have been matters arising from the message. So I say, you didn't sleep well. I say, yeah, I didn't sleep long, but I was okay. <laughs> you know, I slept late, but I got up four. I said, so what's I say? Well, it's not matters arising. They are highlights. <laughs> and so both my wife, and so Eric, and uh, Anneli, and Ryan, everybody's been like, it's time to revenge on me. <laughs> I preached at you last night. So since yesterday night, now, so I'm here to revenge tonight. Uh, it's my slot. But um, in going to the power dimension of the team, remember the team of the faith of faith is the spirit, the power, and the, the glory. So dealing with the, that middle point, the power aspect. But I just want to remind you, talking about the Spirit of burning. And I wanted to bear in mind, I think we're going to push that further with the men tomorrow morning. I learned that this afternoon we'll have a session. And the, the ladies are going to have an exclusive session. <laughs> with Pastor Grace and Pastor Uba. All right, but I think the men, that's how we do it. <laughs> so it's going to be rough. It's going to be rough. It's going to be like rugby... <laughs> At the highest level. Spiritual rugby. Can you be that? Not soccer. <laughs> Spiritual rugby. Yeah, so I wanted to bear in mind, and we'll push that a little further tomorrow, that divine intervention in helpless and hopeless situation at best come in form of fire manifestation. So when things have got into the precipice, when things are the worst states, and it can get worse or worser than that. You know, the point. you know you can be creative with your English language. Especially if you grew up in Nigeria. <laughs> you can create your own English language. You're permitted to do that. So when things have become so terrible, and there is nowhere help can come from. Not from the political elites. Not from religious leaders. It's like there's been a compromise and a conspiracy. Okay? Not from, not from the people that control the economy. There's no help from anywhere. That's the time to look up. And when you look up and you're seeking for God's intervention... Expect fire manifestation. And uh, I was so grateful that Pastor Grace, as he used to do, when I couldn't go further, 
took us further in prayer last night. How was the prayer session? Yeah. Just praying about that spirit of burning. Now, so I wanted to have at the back of your mind, regardless of what situation you're dealing with, personal or at national level, that you are seeking for God's intervention through fire manifestation. Or you can call it a fiery manifestation or intervention, a fiery intervention. So look at this. Psalm 50, verse 3 says something. We're coming to the power. Okay, so I've not started my time count. This is, this is bonus. Psalm 50, verse 3. Add that to yesterday's prayer. Let's go to verse 4. You can do verse 3. Let's go to verse 4. Is it verse 4? Yeah, this is verse 3. Okay, let's stay with verse 3. Let's stay with verse 3. Can we read it together? Psalm 50, not 15. Five, yeah, verse 3. Our God shall come and shall not. So you see, when God comes, the way he announces his presence is by speaking. Did you get that? So the way the world is going to know you have arrived, you have to say something. Your voice will not count if it's not heard. Just like your votes can't count when you don't vote. In some African country, even when you vote, your votes don't count. <laughs> so imagine when you don't vote. <laughs> well, in my country, they vote on your behalf. <laughs> not for the party you want. So if you don't speak, your voice cannot count. God knows. So when he comes, he doesn't keep silent. So how you know God is in a meeting is by the speaking. How you know the spirit is moving is that God speak. In Genesis 1, the spirit moved once and God spoke till the end of the chapter. The spirit moved once and then God said, and then God said, then when he says, he sees. So the spirit moves God to speak so he can see what he desires. So our God, not shall come now. Come on, say our God has come. And he's not keeping silent about my Jesus. So read the rest of the verse. Can you help me read the last part of the verse? A fire devour before him. And it shall be very tempestuous all around him. So look at it. When God manifests, one, he speaks. Next, you see fire. No speaking, no fire, no God. Right? So, just oppose that with this. When the children of Israel have been in captivity and in slavery, in Egypt for 400 years. Right? Plus 30. They spent 30 extra years. For 430 years, when God was going to deliver them, he appeared in fire form to Moses. 40 years earlier, when Moses was 40, God didn't speak. He didn't see no fire. He just moved. He just zoomed. He just figured out, let me kill some guys. Secretly. 
How many people are you going to kill? So our resistance must be non-violent resistance. But not lack of action. The action must be based on strategic information from God. So Moses had to wait until he was 80. Till he saw the fire. From the fire, God spoke. So when you hear God and you feel the fire, you're ready to fulfill destiny. God is ready to deliver a nation. I was talking. You can connect that with Elijah. So join this and you go do your own study. Join all this with the spirit of burning. Okay? And we just have to pause it there. Tonight, we're dealing with not the power to somersault charismatically in church. You know, have you been to some meeting or you didn't go? I say, hey, hi, guys. How was the meeting? And they say, well, the power was present. How? I say, well, people were just falling. <laughs> Chairs were breaking. I mean, the power of God moved. People couldn't stand. And then when they got up from falling, things remained worse, not the same. So is that the power of God? When I read in the Bible, in Hebrews chapter 2, the Bible says Jesus came to raise many sons to glory, not to make them fall. So the move of the Spirit and the power of God in our meeting is not to make you fall. You sit down and listen. And when you go up, get up, and you walk out of this door, you're going to go and fix some stuff. It's of no use falling down, laughing in the Spirit, and sleeping on the floor. Or some people even eat grass and drink petrol. You guys have taken it to another level. And I'm sure some of my... Sorry, 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 sorry. I, I know some of my Nigerian preachers have come to complicate matters. Eh? Minus Eric. And I'm hunting for them. Okay. Now, so they make people do all manner of stuff in the church. In the name of the spirit is moving. And the power of God has come. So question is, what is the power of God all about? And I want to speak to you on what I tie to. The power of divine intelligence. Divine intelligence as the cardinal expression of the power of God. So, no expression of intelligence, no power. Are we talking? The power of what? Divine intelligence. Now, so we need a paradigm shift. We sure do. Because there have been a lot of complications, especially in the Pentecostal fold, the charismatic fold of the Christian faith. So that when we talk about power, everybody have an imaginary phenomenon of what the power is going to be like. In my country, when people talk about power and about divine intervention, they expect their next door neighbor to die. <laughs> or their landlord. <laughs> now it gets worse. There are guys in church and there are women in church praying for their spouse to die. That is when the power manifests. 
Because a prophet has told them that the reason you cannot progress and have your prosperity, your wife is a witch and your husband is in the occult. <laughs> I'm serious. I'm not exaggerating. So there are preachers and prophets that tell people in this meeting, we're going to release power to kill all your neighbors. So when they think of power, they're expecting not to love their enemy, not to even engage in conversation. They're expecting corpses, many people to enter the mortuary. And I say, if the way you're going to have your breakthrough and succeed and be victorious and prosper and have progress is for everyone in your immediate family to have died. Even people in church that didn't greet you well, they are dead. The guy in the choir that argued with you is dead. In some cases, your pastor have to die. So who is going to celebrate your victory with you? When I read my Bible last, he says, I will prepare a table before you in the, not in the absence. So the supremacy of God's might is that your enemies are still alive. And he set the stage for you before them. And they can do nothing about it. And I say, see that the table is too high for them or they already somehow incapacitated somehow. So they don't need to die. Let them be present to watch you. So, but when people think of power, different things come. So the church is going to experience the power of God. How? And I'm saying the best form and the cardinal expression of God's power is through his intelligence. So let's get into scriptures. Let's get into scriptures. Proverbs chapter 3 verse 19. I think I can start with that. Proverbs chapter 3 verse 19. So I told you something yesterday. And permit me, he's my friend, so I can, I, can, I can punch him. If you see someone like Dr. Matijan, you don't think he's Pentecostally powerful. <laughs> he doesn't look like, a, uh, he did, does he look like a powerful prophet? <laughs> now, there are people in this church because when they pray, they don't jack. So you feel they don't have power. And when the pastor is speaking, they don't shout. So you think they don't have power. Now, when you check the ratio of those who used to shout and jack when they pray, who are gone, they are higher than those who are quiet listening with intelligence and processing. So I said yesterday, there are people you think are powerless, but they're powerful. If divine intelligence is a cardinal expression of God's power, 
wherever you see intelligence displayed, whether it is native intelligence, that's the one I was brought up with. <laughs> native intelligence, right. Africa is rich in native intelligence. Africa, right? Or is scientific intelligence, social intelligence, there's emotional intelligence, there's financial intelligence. You can go on and on. There's spiritual intelligence. They are all branches of divine intelligence. And that is how God demonstrates power. Proverbs 3.19. It says, can we read it together? The Lord by wisdom founded the earth and by understanding. Now, don't you, don't you think the founding of the earth, the one that is the founder of the earth, and established this, you know, the stellar heavens that put the planets in place. Don't you think there's some power? But look at the power. The power is wisdom and understanding. It's not muzzle. So, if God is going to find a new earth in your life, there has to be wisdom. If the, your own heavens, you have your own customized heaven, if the heavens above you will not be out of place, if the sun will not be dark and the star will not fall, Okay, if the heavens will be established above you, you need divine understanding. The Lord by wisdom founded the earth. So there are founders that are trying to find churches and businesses without foundation. Founders without foundation, you got it. Because there is no wisdom. Because some of them think that, and permit me, I'm a person of prayer. When people ask me how many hours do you spend in prayer, I say, reverse the question. Ask me how many hours don't I pray. It's easier to calculate that. But this place didn't say the Lord by prayer. Founded the earth. Because I know prayer warriors that have succeeded in founding nothing. That even their family, their family life have no foundation. I'm saying they are not just prayer warriors. They are submachine gun in prayer. <laughs> so if you are praying and your prayer don't connect you with divine intelligence, they, your earth will not be funded. Because the power is not in your prayer. Just like the power is not in the thunder, the power is in the lightning. The power is in what God speaks to you in response to your prayer. And most of the time, he speaks to correct the distortion in your mind. I remember when I used to pray that God should change my wife. God didn't answer me for a long time. With fasting. I didn't know all that I lacked that I needed is what was packaging her. And I'm, God, she's not like me. Change her. When I got mature and God like, are you ready to listen? I say, yes. He say, if I change her, you are finished. Her name is Grace. If I change her, what do you want? It's you that need to change. 
When you change, you will know what I kept in her. So the power was not in my prayer. It was in what God said to me. Are you listening? Divine intelligence comes not in your shouting. Not in the expression of your wish. It's in what God says to you. And God always expresses intelligence. He's a God of love and a God of wisdom. He can't speak without love and wisdom. Those are the two components that make God. Those are his power. His PowerPoint. So it's not the Lord by prayer. It's not even the Lord by prophesying. I've never called myself a prophet. I interact with prophetic stuff. Whether prophetic anointing, prophetic operations. I believe in the prophetic. But I don't wear liver. But listen to this. And I have stopped seeking and waiting for people to prophesy on me. And I also prophesy less now on people. Because I've done many that people have not fulfilled. I'm glad you didn't hear that. <laughs> to make matters worse, maybe if I'm in your country, I'll prophesy more. Because there is a political system that kills prophecies. That if the structure, the right structure is not, it's not in place, your prayer and your prophecy will be swallowed up and will never be fulfilled. So I say to them in my country, there are prophecies hanging, but the system won't allow them. So listen, Kev. So instead of you going from pillar to post, looking for who will prophesy, and say, Prophet so and so, prophesy, Prophet so and so confirmed it. Another prophet, he never knew me before. He confirmed. Now, you see, these prophetic things, if we, if we read situation and trend very well, we can figure them out. As a matter of fact, Jesus said you can prophesy and do mighty works, and I don't know you. So you can learn how to do it. Trust me. But I didn't see that the Lord by prophecy founded the earth. And I believe in prophecy. The Lord by wisdom. And I want to ask you a question. Who prophesied to Jesus on the cross? And say, Jesus, the spirit of the Lord is saying, you will make it. <laughs> I see you coming through. You will resurrect. Hold on, Jesus. Everybody was... <laughs> Nobody was on his side. Even Mary, his mother, and John, the last disciple standing, they were grieving. They couldn't. They forgot all the past prophecies. And there was no current prophecy. No prophecy brought him from the grave. And if there was an hour that power is needed, that was then. So you begin to take it further. And I'm like, so when Paul was in prison, who prophesied to him? So when you leave divine intelligence behind, which is contained in your Bible, you'll be hunting for human prophets. And once they can figure out what you want to hear, like the prophecies people want to hear in some African country, I don't think it works in South Africa. That's why I don't prophesy here. 
If you go to some African country and say, visa, visa, I see visa to the United States. Visa, 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 visa. The spirit of visa is moving. They say, yes, 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 I receive it. So see, if you want your visa before the end of the year to United Kingdom, so see now the anointing is here. You can raise money. My wife was telling the immigration officer, you know, when we're coming in, she told the guy, stamp my passport. She said, I've been coming to South Africa since 1996. Right? Yeah. So we've been coming since 1996. I said, South Africa are not desperate to run to Europe or to America. So if you prophesy visa here, <laughs> it's not going to fly. <laughs> I think Madiba did a good job. <laughs> so it's not by those make-believe prophets. As a matter of fact, many don't prophesy. They prophesy lie. All right, since you're laughing, I need to make you laugh more so you will enjoy my message. So you can put pressure on your pastors to invite me back. Deal? I want to be invited back. Right. Micah chapter 3 verse 5. Look at how the prophecy works. So if you want me to prophesy, just do this. Maybe you haven't done that. Micah chapter 3 verse 5. But that's not how the Lord demonstrates power. I've been friends and interacted with some of the most powerful, accurate prophets all over the world. Someone, one of them told me at the beginning of the year, I want to come and visit. And I said, you know, what we need now is not, it's not your dimension. We need some action now. We don't need prophecy. Look at this. Thus says the Lord concerning the prophet, who make my people do what? They have power to lead the people of God astray. They can tell you your phone numbers. And the name of your late father. Eric was telling me that you have some guys now in South Africa and Pretoria that they can tell you the name of your father. I say they can tell you your own because your father's name sounds Western. A prophet that will figure out my father's name. Like he has, he has to go to my village for orientation. <laughs> like a prophet cannot just see you and say, your father is my dad. You can get that. <laughs> Bapete, Bapete. Yeah, yeah. They have power to see vision and prophesy to make God's people go astray. The people are coming to God and they use prophecy to lead them astray. Look at how they do it. Who chant? What do they chant? Peace. While they chew with their teeth. So what they say depends on what you put in their mouth. Now, listen, listen. Peace, listen. Peace means prosperity. Nothing broken, nothing missing. So if you want them to say, you will prosper, put something in their mouth. You know, like, like your, your phone, you need to put... Uh, credit recharge. If you don't recharge it, it's not going to talk. <laughs> so if you don't recharge these prophets, no prophecy. So they chant peace when they chew with their teeth. But they prepare war against him who puts nothing where? 
So when you come to conference like this, it's that well. The Lord is cool. I feel the anointing. But when they say, come put the run down, and you refuse, they enter another mode. But read this one in the message Bible. You love the message translation. <laughs> it's a read. Message. Put message. Let's see how it reads. Can we read it together? You got to read it with yourself. Come on now. Here is God's message to the prophet. The preachers who lie to my people. For as long the prophet preached. Isn't life wonderful? <laughs> Come on now. Uh-huh. Yeah, but if you don't pay up and jump on their bad work, their God bless you, turns to God damn you. So is that the power you need to establish your life? So maybe you should stop going from church to church and pillar to post looking for prophets. Maybe you should seek for divine intelligence. Am I talking to you? All right, so let's get back. Let's get back on track. The Bible says, if you go to Luke chapter 3 verse 16, and it's also in Matthew chapter 3 verse 11, it's parallel. Luke chapter 3 verse 16. Let's go back to our read translation. Thank you. John answered and said to all, I indeed baptize you with water. But there's one coming that is mightier. Who is coming after? Whose sandal and strap I'm not worthy to lose. That mighty one will baptize you with what? With the Holy Spirit and fire. The same thing is written in Matthew 3 11. But you go to Acts chapter 1, verse 8. This is John the Baptist prophesying about the Holy Spirit and fire. Is that right? Spirit of burning. Now you go to Acts chapter 1 verse 8. Look at what it says. This is the Lord Jesus speaking after resurrection. And what did he say? But you shall receive what? Power instead of fire. Holy Ghost and fire. He translated the fire to power. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And then you shall shake in church. You shall shout in church. When you receive power, the Holy Spirit come upon you. What are you going to do? You shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and to where? Excuse me, please, please listen to this. If the power of the Holy Spirit is going to send you to the end of the earth, then you need to know what is the universal lingua franca. All right, let's talk again. Can I say it again? If Jesus says your mission and the mandate upon you and the power and the spirit and the fire burning you is going to take you from your Jerusalem, from your Judea, right? To the end of the earth, then you've got to know the language that everybody on earth can understand. Did we get that? Because there is no communication when I don't understand the language you're speaking. Now, I told Pastor Eric and the rest of them, right, 
we're talking, and we're talking now in English language. Not because I love the English people. I prefer my language. But if I come here talking my dialect, you're going to be looking at me like, take him to the psychiatric hospital. <laughs> it's not going to make sense to you. So to connect and communicate with you, I needed to find a language that is common to both of us. Is that right? If you start speaking Zulu to me, I'm going to be clueless. The anointing can't help me. <laughs> so listen to this. If Jesus says the power of the spirit is to make you represent him, to be witnesses, is a leg term. To be witnesses is that you're going to stand as a witness. When people are trying to disprove that he's not real, you will stand as an evidence that Jesus is real. But you're going to speak a language that people in the end of the earth can understand. So, part of the power of divine intelligence is to show us what is the lingua franca. What language has the church failed to learn that the world cannot listen to us? Probably that's why we need to shout more. Because no one is understanding what we're saying. Because we're not speaking the language of the people. My wife was reminding us in the car uh, many years ago, I think early 2000 and whatever, I, I did a message and the Lord said to me, stop, tell the people to stop speaking the language of Zion and Babylon. Because Babylonia don't understand the language of Zion. Lord, come and help me now. Zion and Babylon language is not similar. So that's why Daniel and his friends have to learn the language of Babylon. They were from Zion. They learned the science. They learned the literature. They learned all the wisdom of Babylon. They refused to be corrupted with the spirit of Babylon. But they learned the language. So they mastered the language of Babylon and beat the Babylonian to establish the power and the, the purpose of God. So what we as Christians have failed to do is to learn the language of the world. So we can communicate the purpose of God in a language they understand. Thank you, my brother. Double amen. Listen to this. I don't care what you say about Roman Catholic Church. Okay? It doesn't matter what you say. But they have succeeded in this area. So why is it that when the Pope speaks, CNN listen, BBC listen, and when all our Pentecostal giants speak, no one, no one listens. Now, what CNN or the international media and the world powers, why do they all try to go to Vatican and try to post in a photograph with, with the Pope? They don't understand the liturgy and the sacrament of the Roman Catholic. When the Pope is doing all the incense and burning the incense that they're doing, they don't understand. They're waiting for what he's going to say about the crisis in the world. Am I talking to you? 
about immigrants that are that have been mistreated, about injustice, about humanitarian crisis in some part of the world. Even in Islamic country where there is violence, they address it. And the words say, you are speaking the language we understand. You are concerned about what concerns us. We don't understand your theology. But we understand your language. So, the Pentecostal with all the power display have failed to learn the language of the world. And my wife and I, and all that is connected with her, we've decided we're not going to live that life of folly for the rest of our life. That we need to find that space, that mini point, that gives a lingua franca, that sets a stage in the marketplace of opinion for us to display the power of God. Talk to me. Say, that's divine intelligence. Can I want you to lift your hand and just say, Holy Spirit, baptize me afresh with your power, with your wisdom. Express your understanding, your intelligence in my life and through my mind. All right, so let's see if we can go a little further. Are, are you seeing something? Sincerely, if we stop now, you can take the rest further. You, you do a better job than I would do. I'm sure. So let's go to Matt, uh, Isaiah chapter 11. Isaiah chapter 11. The power of divine intelligence. We've seen enough distortion of what God's power is about. That's why it seems the demons and principalities and power are more powerful than the Holy Ghost. You didn't get what I said. What does it look like? Demons are more powerful. How can unclean spirit be more powerful than the Holy Spirit? So, and then there are people saying, the reason my marriage haven't worked is the demons. So where's the Holy Spirit? You mean the demons are beating the Holy Spirit in the game? So how does it look like Satan is more powerful than God? It looked like that. Because Jesus says we're two or three are God and they're in their midst. So Jesus is in our midst and we're saying Satan is not allowing the church to grow, to progress. So we and Jesus are helpless. If you follow that narrative. So we must make an adjustment. But here comes Jesus. Before I read Isaiah, listen carefully. Jesus is of the opinion, after he resurrected, that the Holy Spirit he has released in your life can make you preach the good news about him in all the world. Mark 16, 15. Very simple. Mark 16, 15. What did he say? Let, let's read that. Mark 16, verse 15. And he said to them, what did he say? Go into all the world. So it presupposes that the Holy Spirit is going to give you a language 
that people in all the world will understand. That every creature can relate to it. If not, it's asking you to do the impossible. Now, and in Jesus' mindset, he didn't believe there is a part of the world you can't enter. He didn't say go into all the world except the axis of evil. He didn't say that. Are you listening to what I'm saying? <laughs> As a matter of fact, when you're anointed, you, you want to go to crisis spot. This is why I know that my destiny is to stay in Nigeria. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't love America. I don't like, I can visit and come back. Where the action is. And the hottest spot is Lagos. Because when you're anointed, you don't look for soft ground. The anointing brings situation in the midst of complication. You don't look for already made places. So, this is Jesus' mind. And he says in Matthew 28, listen carefully, as more of Matthew 24, verse 14. He narrated how crises were engulfed the world during the last stage of the age. Okay? Iniquities are increased, the law of men is a wax cold. People will hate and betray one another. False prophets will rise up and all of that. Then in verse 14, look at Jesus. In verse 14, what did he say again? This gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in where? How many places? And then what will happen? As a witness to all nations. Then the end of the age can come. And those ages are relative. Jesus had his own age. We have our own age. So you're not waiting for one apocalyptic age that everything is going to crash. It's your job to communicate the gospel in your own age to the end of the world in the language they can connect before that age folds up. Then chapter 28, Matthew 28, verse 18. I need to get some feedback from you. I always see flowing together. So you see that this is not the usual power displayed. But this is real power. Let me chip something in. Because people think that you can't sit down and assimilate the power of God. So I, I remember many years ago I went to America. And you know, I don't know where they got it. When you want to touch them. Before you even touch them. To encourage you that you are powerful. <laughs> and, and then there are, they, there are people they call the catchers. That's going to catch them when they fall. And they have all the cloth that's going to spread upon them. I don't have time for all those nonsense. I, mean, I travel all the way. I'm jet lag. I'm missing the food in Africa. And I'm here. And you're doing all of this stuff. So, anyway. <laughs> then to make it worse, my friend has some preachers, some evangelists. I have friends. She will now say they're my daughters. Anyway. But they now believe that when the power of the Holy Ghost moves, there will be gold dust. Did you hear about gold dust? That gold will fall like dust. And after this, people will say, can you see my own gold dust? The power of the, the Holy Ghost came. Well, I never saw one. <laughs> so anyway, so I went there and, uh, and I'm trying to pray for people after preach, And people are shaking. What in America and Europe? And I say, excuse me. Just calm down and listen to me. I don't need that encouragement. I need to know you are hearing what I'm saying. And if you shake too much and you fall, we can, I'm not coming down to talk to you there. 
So look at this. This is the difference they've made out of the move of God. So I wanted to say, to encourage you, check your Bible. I spent time approaching the Bible with a legal mind. Because I know the Bible is not a religious book. It's more of a legal document. Then it's a scientific document. And it's also a spiritual document. You look at it? All of this demand no absorption. You told me that when you're going to the, to the theater, you don't want surprises. So you do due diligence. Proud to go into the, to the theater to cut somebody open. Right? You don't say, well, the Spirit will tell me what to do when I get it. The Spirit will tell me what is wrong. Are you not filled with the Spirit? <laughs> so listen to this. Spiritually, I mean, spiritual discipline, scientific discipline, legal discipline. Then a guy in America told me, also if you are an accountant, you need to pay due diligence to every minute detail. Because the devil is in the details. Right? So when you read your Bible without paying attention to details, you gloss over. Some people want to tell you, I've finished reading the Bible how many times? I finished every year. I haven't finished reading in any year. Because it's not, we're not competing for how many times you read the Bible. It's how much did you take in. I don't care if you read 100 chapters today. Is there one verse that's talked? All right. This is why I said what I said. I'm coming to this. Listen to this. In Acts chapter 2, on the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Ghost came down, like a rushing mighty wind, like, in form of, it was the sound that was similar to the rush. It wasn't that there was a wind. They had the sound like a rushing mighty wind. Now, they saw on the head of individual. You saw on my head, I saw you. I couldn't see the one on mine. So if I'm trying to say I feel the fire, there's fire on my head. That's not the Holy Ghost. When the Holy Ghost comes on me, I see what is in you and what is in you. I say, you're on fire, brother. And you say, but so are you. Are you listening? The Bible says, the Holy Ghost, the sand came and filled the room where they were sitting. Not where they were standing. They were sitting when the power filled the room. And they didn't fall on their chairs. Look for it. You will find it there. Go back. Go back to verse 3 or verse 2. Quickly, let them see because some people are trying to say, are you sure? Acts chapter 2, <laughs> I'll wait together. Go over to verse 2. Thank you. Suddenly there came what? A sound from, what came from heaven? Not a wind. A sound from heaven. As what? As, or like a rushing mighty wind. And it did what? Filled the whole house where they were standing. Where they have fallen. Tell somebody, just as you are sitting down, there's a sign of the Holy Ghost giving you divine intelligence. That's why when they got up, they know how to answer. 
People said they were drunk. They said, no, go and read Joel. We're not drunk. Because they sat down when this whole process was going on. So I see. Okay, Isaiah chapter 11. The power of divine intelligence. Have you ever seen where they're doing political meeting and people are falling? If you fall in Nigeria when they're doing political meeting, they will have rigged you out of the whole thing before you woke up. You have to stay awake throughout the night. If you go to the restroom before you come back, your name is out. <laughs> there are people that won election before they went to the restroom. And they said, don't deal, just to announce now. They said, okay, let me go to the restroom. Before he came back, they've changed the name. <laughs> so, we need to sit down. <laughs> Open the scriptures. Even when someone is prophesying, you tell him, come and prophesy from the Bible. I'm sitting and I'm listening. Don't push me. <laughs> One guy wanted to prophesy on my wife many years ago. I said, lift your hand. And she did. We were still very young. And she was trying to tickle her. My wife said, excuse me. You are using your hand. You are tickling me. I will shake. That's not the Holy Ghost shaking me. Don't tickle me. Let's sit down and talk. <laughs> if you have the Holy Ghost, when you talk, I will know. Amen. Isaiah 11. I'm glad you got the message. There shall come forth a rod from the stem of Jesse. Now that rod is not to smash people. Look at what is going to happen. A rod from the stem of Jesse. Uh -huh. And a branch shall grow out of his roots. Now, scientifically, there are things locked up in this verse. Among them is the law of gradual process. Because a branch shall grow. Growth is never sudden. Anything that grows suddenly will die suddenly. Like the tree that grew to cover the head of Jonah. In Jonah chapter, it, it grew suddenly and it died overnight. So if you want your business to grow suddenly, so is it going to die. You want your church to grow suddenly. Oh, can you imagine you gave back to your baby? Even your baby now. <laughs> Eliana. It's Eliana. It's nine months. You just want her to be as tall as the father. Anointing by the nine. Suddenly. It's called the power of Suddenly. You have a monster for a baby. A branch shall grow. Growing is a process. It's a miracle, but it's, it's a miracle that takes a process. It takes time. Are we talking? Look at verse 2. The spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. That rod, that branch, the reason it's going to grow is because the spirit rests on him. Now, so we can't go too far tonight. Farai, are we together? Are we connecting? And uh, Tabitha. All right, so I'll call your own name now by the anointing. <laughs> so before you read this verse 2, hold it, read 
Isaiah 53, verse 2. Because scriptures connect scriptures. And scriptures interpret scriptures. Did you get the point? There are codes that open one another. So if you read a scripture that is complicated, you don't understand. Be looking for which scriptures can unlock this. So before we come back to Isaiah 11, look at Isaiah 53. This is Mizanic. These are Mizanic prophecies. Right? Can we read it together? I need to hear you. Come on, verse 2. What does he read? For he shall grow up. Did you hear that a roots are grow? He said he. He shall grow up before, before God. Like what? He shall grow up as what? A tender plant is not an oak tree that is strong. So it's going to start in weakness. But grow into strength. So I grow up as a tender plant and what? As a root out of, excuse me, out of which type of ground? Not, not even fertile or moss ground. The ground is dry. You, you know there are pastors saying, the ground is too hard, it's too dry. That's why the ministry can't grow. Then they say, of dry ground he shall grow and yet is tender how can a tender plant in a dry ground be growing come on read it come on what did he say now and it's a grass a root out of a dry ground he has no form or comeliness no packaging no finish no branding Yet he's a grow. And when you see that, when you see him, that you should desire him, there is no beauty. So it's not by outward packaging. It's not, it's not how much your dress costs, or the shoe you're wearing, or the car you're driving, or the jet. Who cares about it? So, do you want to know what brought me to, to South Africa? You, you don't care. It's what I have to say. Even if I came in a jet, I got to pack it in the airport. You can't come in here. So too bad, I can't impress you. And if I tell you when I will come in my private jail, so well, we can't confirm that. <laughs> so how will a tender plant grow in a dry place? Isaiah 11 verse 2. Let's go back. Isaiah 11 verse 2. Because the spirit of the Lord so I rest. Come on, say the spirit of the Lord is resting upon me. Upon my tenderness. In the dry place. I'm going to break the ground. I will take root downward. And bear fruit upward. The dryness of the ground will not hinder my growth. In the name of Jesus. So now, we're soon, we're soon wind up. Listen. What, how will this spirit? He want to tell you the principal component or ingredient of that spirit. 
that rests on the tender plant that make him grow in a dry ground. It's not in muscular demonstration. It's not in the ability to hit your wife. I know you don't do it in South Africa. But one of the things our social justice movement is dealing with is domestic violence. Guys that think that they are gods over the female gender. And uh, so we've resolved that. Because we've had people that hit their wife and hit their wife. And when they come to the pastor, how did you do that? How can a man hit a woman? And say, the devil made me do it. <laughs> so me and my wife will, will, will find a way around it. We say, okay, when you were coming, did you see some policemen with their AK-47? Why didn't the devil push you to slap them? He said, no, that's the, they will shoot me now. So the devil didn't make you slap your wife. You feel she's defenseless and she's helpless. You, the, if the devil asks you to slap a Nigerian police carrying AK-47, you tell the devil, are you blind? Because before you slap them, they've shot the gun and they say it's accidental discharge. So imagine when, uh, anyway, Donald Trump have taken it to another level. Because Nigerian police shot some Muslim sites the other day. They were doing demonstration. And the police opened fire. And they said, why? They said they were throwing stone at us. We were still arguing that. All the human rights and the civil society organizations were still condemning it. And Donald Trump spoke in America. That when you are dealing with illegal immigrants, if they throw stone, regard it as AK-47. So I said, Donald Trump is not helping matters. <laughs> and guess what? The Nigerian army, it's not the Nigerian police. They now said, hear what Donald Trump said. That when you shoot, when you throw stone at us, we have shot us. So we have right to shoot as many of you. So imagine you now say Satan push you to go slap them. So when next the devil asks you to slap your wife or a lady, tell the devil, can't you see God? Are you blind? This is a daughter of God. That's by the way. So the spirit of the law, the principal component of that spirit is the spirit of wisdom. Divine intelligence. Say number one. What next? And the spirit of understanding. Number two. It's the spirit of the Lord. So whatever the Lord is, that spirit represents. So you can take that as one. Wisdom, two. Understanding, three. What's the next? The spirit of now, wisdom, understanding, counsel still deals with intelligence. It's a function of an informed and a strategic mind. To express wisdom, understanding, and give strategic counsel. That's the spirit of the Lord. That rests on him. That's why he can grow as a tender plant in a dry place. Can we read on? And it's the spirit of what? Knowledge. And the spirit of the fear of God. You go to Proverbs 1 and he said the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. So back to wisdom. So fear of God, the same category. Knowledge, true. Uh, okay, we jump might. So the only thing that looks like power 
this might here in this verse. So out of spirit of the Lord one, wisdom two, understanding three, counsel four, knowledge five, fear of God six. Out of seven, only one is of might. So it's a ratio of one of literal power demonstration out of seven. The rest six has to do with intelligence. And that is what makes any tender plan to break any dry ground. Right? Let's see the next verse. Verse 3. By reason of this spirit on him, his delight is in the fear of God, which is the beginning of wisdom. This spirit make him get to the basic, the fundamentals of the wisdom of God. That you have no wisdom when you don't respect God. When you don't respect the principle of God. You are not being smart. You are being stupid. When you don't take God into consideration. So, the delight of anyone this spirit is resting upon. That make him do tender and without form. Are you listening? To grow and break dry ground is this spirit making the light in the basic of the wisdom of God. And he shall not judge by the side of the eye, not by the color of the skin, not by your, your weight, your size, your height, not by the car you run, the house. Don't judge by what he sees. Men look at the outward, God says, I look at the heart. So, He's, he, he, he should not judge by the side of that, nor by the side by the hearing of the ear. Look at verse 4. Look at verse 4. But with righteousness, he shall judge the poor. Oh, Lord, help me. And decide with what? Equity. Uh-huh. For the meek of the earth. He shall strike the earth with the rod of his mouth. Communication. Not the feast. With the rod of his mouth. And with what? The bread of his lips. So he slayed the wicked. Look at verse 5. Can we read verse 5 quickly? Righteousness shall be the belt of his life. And faithfulness. Integrity. He's talking of integrity. Look at verse 6. Come on. We'll stop there. The wolf. No, it's, it's gone. On. Now, if you read. You go, okay. you go to Isaiah 42. You see the parallel. That, that will probably be second to the last place we'll, we'll, we'll read. But what I'm wanting you to see here is the greatest display of God's power is in the expression of his intelligence. Are we talking? Listen, listen. So did we read Proverbs chapter 3 verse what? The first one we read? Verse 19. Right? Okay, read verse 20. Look at what divine intelligence that established the earth and the heaven. Look at verse 20. How he does it. By his knowledge, what happens? The depths of... And what happened? It's by knowledge he breaks depth to lay solid foundation. By knowledge. I was talking to Chidi. Yeah, he's, he's a civil engineer. I said, we need to talk. I said, because Pentecostal think that professionals are not relevant in the church. But now we need the application of the principle of medicine and civil engineering for social engineering. 
and to re-engineer the church. Because God is the first engineer that used knowledge to break the depth of the sea and lay foundation. So you, if you see a mass of water, you say, well, this place, we, we cannot operate here. The ground, there's too much water. Let the Spirit lead me to where there's no water. God lays the foundation of the earth inside the water. By his knowledge. And no one was stressed, by the way. Not in Jamaica, not Gabriel. Nobody was stressed. So when you're operating divine intelligence, there's no stress. Are you see there? You better answer me. If not, I'll take you till midnight. You trust me. <laughs> All right. So let's, before we begin to wind up, I want you to read Job 26. So we've seen the principal content and component of the Holy Ghost, right? which is divine intelligence, with all those expressions. Look at what the Spirit does in Job 26, verse 13. Yeah, verse 13. Can we read it together? 13, 1, 3. Can we read it together, everybody? By his Spirit, he had done. Uh-huh. Now, do you know his hand is his Spirit? Because in Matthew 12, he says, I cast out demons by the finger of God. Then Luke says, by the spirit of God. Because when you want to move stuff, you move your hand. When God wants to move things, he sends his spirit. Psalm 104 verse 30. He sent forth his spirit and the face of the earth was renewed. So the hand of God that works things out is his spirit. So look at this. When he wants to garnish the heavens or adorn the heavens and to pierce the head of that crooked serpent is by his spirit. Hello? This is the crooked serpent. Is it? Go, back, go, back, go back to Job. Thank you. We've seen this. Job 26 verse 13. I wanted to see that. Then you're going to read verse 14. Put verse 13 did you see that? He had done the heavens by his spirit, and his hand, which is still his spirit, does what? Pierce it. The Messiah, the seed of the woman, will bruise the head of the serpent. But it's by his spirit. Without the spirit, the, Satan, the serpent's head remains intact. So look at verse 14. See how verse 14 says, Indeed, these operations are the mere edges of his ways. And how small a whisper we hear of him. But the thunder of his power, who can understand? Because even when there is thunder, he's expressing intelligence. Go and read Revelation 10. Because thunders uttered voices. And John wanted to write what the thunder said. And an angel said, don't write that. It's for your private consumption. So, the expression of his prayer are just the fringes of his power. And it's only a little whisper we hear when the thunder is uttering stuff. So, the thunder, the, everything in nature is expressing the intelligence of God. That's why Jesus said, go to the ant, the ant, and land. Solomon spoke about everything, including the tiny grass that grow in the world, 
and the tiniest animal. The spirit on him made him pay attention to those things. For accurate judgment, for justice. So if you go further in Job, Job 33 verse 4 and Job 32 verse 8, I've told you here. He says, the spirit of the Lord have made me and the bread of God give me either life or understanding. There's a spirit in man and the bread of God give him either life or understanding. So when the spirit makes you or moves in you, the way he gives you life is to give you intelligence. Why you have a higher life than four-footed animals, than the dogs, is that there's an intelligence you assess. And look at that intelligence. Your intelligence can take you backward. My dog cannot think of what happened three years ago. Are we talking? My dog doesn't know what is happening when you leave my house and you go to the street. When you take him out of the house to the street, he can relate with what is happening. If you take him to my church, he backs everybody. But when you take him back, he can't remember there's a church. So, four-footed animal, they don't have the intelligence that spread in span. Their intelligence only deal with the immediate. But the, the nature of God in you can take you many years back. As a matter of fact, you, cannot, you will not only relive your past experiences and recall them. What happened before you were born? In history, you can go and find it out. And use it for strategic operation. Then you can spread. This is length backward. You can spread sideways. And say, okay, this is South Africa. What is happening in Australia? What is happening in Europe? What is happening in America? What are the best global practices? But an animal cannot spread in the use of the intelligence then you can now project into the future. It's called the power of imagination. That's how divine intelligence works. It takes you backward and sideways. So what the church have done, we lock ourselves within the world. We're not going back into history. We're not going to the world around us. And we can't project the future that is desirable. And that is an indication of no expression of intelligence. So we just keep shouting and jumping and shouting. Keep doing the same thing the same way and expecting spectacular result. That's the definition of insanity. <laughs> Alright, so let's end. Let's see how we end. I met, made mention of so only, only you can read Isaiah 42 because the same thing is there. They say the one that I uphold, I put my spirit on him, the one I delight in, and he will bring justice to the nation. And he will not be discouraged. And he brings justice to the nation. So the expression of intelligence is to bring justice. Uh, uh, let's quickly see that. Let's quickly see that. Yeah, so we want to end with Psalm 82. What I want to confirm as we stand to pray, what is that lingua franca? That divine intelligence will make you learn and begin to speak. Regardless of your career or your profession or your vocation. But before we get it, let's not leave this. Let's go back to Isaiah 42. We'll come back to end in Psalm 82. I need to hear something from you. Tell, just say something. Say something. Say something. Hallelujah. Whatever. <laughs> if I were you, I would say divine intelligence. 
the spirit of divine intelligence. Behold, my servant, whom I uphold. Ho, ho. You can preach a message here. Don't behold anyone that he's not upholding. <laughs> behold whom I uphold. Don't behold the one that is falling. Behold whom I uphold. You know what that means? John the Baptist said, I grew up with Jesus. He was my cousin. Nine months, I mean, six months apart, right? He said, I didn't know who he was. But the one that told me to be baptizing people said, on whosoever you spirit, you see the spirit rest and remain. is the one to behold. Because all other prophets, the spirit touches them and go. The spirit don't stay. So when the spirit is there, they speak powerfully. When the spirit is gone, they behave foolishly. Like Samson. From Judges 13. The end of the verse, the Bible says, from early age, the spirit will move Samson. That's why he could move a gates. He could do everything. Then he go and end up with a prostitute. So when the spirit is present, he, he's spectacular. When the spirit is gone, his foolishness is more spectacular. <laughs> so he doesn't know the lady that's going to take out his eyes. Yet he's full of the spirit. Right? I don't want to push it too far because I want you to respect people in the Bible. <laughs> so let's... Like John the Baptist, see, see the difference between John the Baptist and Jesus. John the Baptist when he was born, look at verse 80. Luke 1, verse 80. That's just by the way. Luke 1, verse 80. Before you go back to this, you may not even go, you can read Isaiah on your own. We've had enough Isaiah. John, Luke, Luke, Luke chapter 1, verse 80. Look at that. So come on, he's talking about John the Baptist. I want you to note the difference. Spot the difference. This is John the Baptist. Can you help me read? So the child grew and became strong in what? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And was in the... So the spirit moved him to the desert. Strong in spirit. To the desert. Till the days of his manifestation. You know what the spirit told me this afternoon? The days of your manifestation is the day you know how to connect with the rest of the world. Until then, you remain in the desert. The spirit is moving you, but you are in the desert. When the day of his manifestation began, the spirit said, now, don't, end, don't start and end your life in the desert. Speak what will bring people from the city. And he was addressing issues of justice. Iniquity. An oppression by people in military, by people in political, by religious leaders. He started saying things that concerned people. And they left the city and came to him in the desert. So he was no longer isolated and insulated from the people. The day of his manifestation when he began to express what the people could connect with. So why did he spend so many years in the desert? Look at a difference. Luke chapter 2 verse 40. That's Jesus. Can we read it together? And the child grew. Did you read that about John? The, 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 he grew in the spirit. 
Uh-huh. This child grew and became strong in spirit also. Uh-huh. Filled with Did you see that with John? This is why Jesus didn't need to go to the desert. He stayed at home, working his father's carpentry shop, supporting his mom to turn stuff to oil and turn stuff to, you know, pop and all of that. That's how the mother knew he could turn water to wine. They said, come on, Jesus, do what you used to do at home. So he stayed. He grew under his mother. The mother had impute into his life until he was 30. He was growing wisdom. When you don't respect your mom, you cannot be wise. I learned that by experience. The reason Satan is so senseless is because he has no mother. He's a son of God, but who is his mother? Now, Jesus had a mom that married the mother of Jesus. We can't see his father, but he grew in wisdom. So, until women take their place, we keep producing people that are luciferic. Whether they're in the pulpit or in politics. So, anyway, come back. So, he was filled with wisdom. Look at what the result of that. And the grace or the favor of God was upon. That was not upon John. When Jesus speak, people say never a man spoke like this. When John spoke, they cut his head. Are we talking? Are you getting me, God? <laughs> the spirit is moving me. <laughs> Look at the last verse. Luke 2:58. The last verse, 58. Yeah, we jump it because you know. They went to the feast, a religious feast. If you read from verse 42, they used to go annually when he was 12. And the mom thought he was just playing with the kids. Then look at, I used to say, presumption that is arriving at a conclusion without verification is the lowest level of reasoning. So they finished the feast in Jerusalem. And they were going back home. And they presume, without verifying, that Jesus is going ahead with the kids. Did you get the point? They just presume. Oh, you know, the kids are running in the front, so Jesus must be there. They didn't know they've left the most important person in their life behind. Listen carefully. Martin Luther King Jr., who led the civil rights movement in America, it's one of the people the church need to learn from. It's, it's, it's equivalent to our own Madiba. Are, are you listening? Martin Luther King Jr., you need to go find out the preachings he did, the sermon he did in church, apart from the speeches he made. He said, until we learn to go backward, we can't make progress forward. And he said, what do we go to do backward? To rediscover our lost values. And he said Jesus was a value that his parents left behind. They assumed they had him. They rushed ahead after one day journey. Then they, they, they spent a whole another day looking for him. So listen carefully. 
They traveled one day thinking he was ahead. So they slept that night. Then in the morning, where's Jesus? Where's Jesus? Everybody should go and eat with the mother. And they couldn't find Jesus. Day two. So while the rest of the people gained another day, they were going backward. Are you listening? I wanted to read that place on you. They go back to Jerusalem and sat for three days. So two days plus three. So these other people have gone ahead five days journey. They are five days backward. Then after searching the city, this is the only place we haven't checked is the temple. So they go to the temple and saw him sitting down. Listening and asking questions. You know people don't ask questions in church. That's the reason we're in trouble. <laughs> so, because when you ask me to give all my salary as first fruit and seed, I need to ask you, so how do I survive? <laughs> you say, Abraham gave Isaac. So how many Isaac did Abraham give? I've given Isaac, I've given Ishmael, I've given Sarah. So, <laughs> so you just need to ask people some questions. When people come to me and say they want to do first fruit, I say, sit down, I need to ask you some questions. I say, why are you giving me first fruit? They say, because I want breakthrough. I say, the greatest breakthrough is Jesus coming out of the grave. What seed did you sow before he came out of the grave? You can give as an expression of love. Not as a means of, I'm twisting God. So, you need to ask questions. And any preacher that's intimidated by your question cannot pastor you. So anyway, Jesus was listening and asking questions. And people were astonished. Read verse 47. At what was coming out of his mouth. Growing in wisdom because the spirit was upon him. He didn't go to stay in the desert. This is age 12. Are we talking? Do you see that? And all who heard him at 12 were what? Astonished. Astonished at his understanding. He asked them questions they couldn't answer, then he provided the answer from the scripture. So read, read verse 58. I just brought by the way. Uh, 52, whichever. Thank you. And Jesus increased in what? Wisdom and stature and the favor of God. And men were upon him. John didn't have that. Because John, the moment his spirit, like something, started moving him. The mother was saying, John, come back. <laughs> so I'll leave you to conclude the rest. So let's, let's conclude. Psalm 82. Why is the world not hearing us? Because we have been in the desert. Be moved by the Spirit in our own dry place. We are isolated and cut off from what is going on around us. Look at Psalm 82. That's where we're going to end. Then my wife will come and sort out. I've created enough complications. <laughs> Psalm 82. Look at verse 1. God stands in the congregation of the mighty to judge among the small G gods. Did you see that? God, the capital G God, stands among the mighty. 
who are gods to judge. Verse 2. Are we together? This is how he judges. He says, how long you judge, will you judge unjustly? And so, so the people he calls small gods, small g gods, are the judges. Whether in religion, in politics, or in judiciary. Do you see they call the judges my lord? Or your honor? What do you call them in South Africa? That's why I don't like legal practice. How can I be telling somebody, my lord, my lord, my lord, my lord? <laughs> Somebody means you are not my lord. Jesus is my lord. <laughs> then they say, take him out of the court. <laughs> so those who judge, he's what the people he called the mighty and the, because they have power of life and death. And then God is saying to them, I'm the higher judge. Why are you judging unjustly? Why are you so impartiality and favoring the wicked? Either economically or politically. Look at the next verse. Defend. This is God's verdict. Defend the poor. And the fatherless. And do what? Do justice. To the afflicted. And the needy. Anyone that can do this. You are in the bracket of the gods. You are mighty. If you can defend the poor. And the fatherless, and do justice to the afflicted, like the man robbed by robbers, and was left to die. And the priest and the Levite refused to come to his aid. But a poor Samaritan was the one that became like a little god, a judge that reasoned and saved him. So God is saying, if you want to be mighty and be God, this is what I want you to do. That's how I am God. Next verse. Can we read on? Deliver the poor and the needy. Free them from the hand of the wicked. Hello. Connect that with Isaiah 58. He says, the reason you pray and fast and I don't listen is because you are not attending to the people afflicted around you. He said, the first thing I want you to do is not to lock yourself up in a room with your eyes red and you are mad with everybody. I want you to go attend to the need of people around you then your breakthrough will be like daylight. Right? Look at the next verse. Look at the next verse. Five. Deliver the poor. Look at verse five. Psalm 82 verse five. The people God is talking to, the gods and the mighty, they do not know. Neither do they understand. Say lack of intelligence. They do not know, nor do they understand. For this reason, they do what? They walk about in, in darkness. So when you don't know, you don't understand. When there's no divine intelligence, you are sentenced to darkness. And remember in darkness, what is close by, you think is far away. They walk about in darkness. And for this reason, all the foundations of the earth are unstable. God by wisdom established the foundation. He teaches them wisdom, knowledge, understanding, and tells them, this is what I want you to do. They are busy doing religious frivolities. For lack of intelligence, they are in darkness. What is the foundation of the earth? The poor, the needy, they are at the bottom. It's not the rich and the mighty. The rich and the mighty, they are the roof. So when you don't pay attention to the poor, the needy, the voiceless, the helpless, 
No foundation. We are all in darkness. Disaster will be hitting us. You can send your kid to the best school. Those kids that couldn't go to school, they're coming after you or after your kids. Look at the next verse. Let's end it. So, though I said in the beginning, you are what? You are God. All of you that are children of the Most High, I expect you to be God like me. I've told you what to do. But because you know now you don't understand, you are in darkness. Look at the next verse. Can you help me read? But you shall die like mere men and fall like one of the princes. So, this is divine intelligence. It's the universal lingua franca. When what, what touches people touch you. When you connect with people that are hurting around you, it doesn't matter their tribe, their, the color of their skin, their religion. Everybody understands the language of justice, of mercy, of equity, of compassion, of helping the helpless. And until we learn that language, we remain locked up in the room doing religious masturbation. Or we are in Babylon speaking the language of Zion. So the power that we need to bring back into our life and to the church is the power of divine intelligence. Let's rise up. Let's rise up. Put your hands together for the Lord. Come on, do it if you want to do it. Hallelujah. Let me tell your neighbor, we have arrived. The plane has landed. So you need to now grab your hand luggage and begin to come down. Amen. This is, uh, this is no milk and honey. This is, um, this is strong meat. You know, the Bible said we have to have learned the basic of Christianity so that we can go to other things. And it's not because we don't believe in the might aspect of the Holy Ghost. This is the spirit, the power. Amen? And you need divine intelligence. Help me tell your neighbor, you need this. How many of you believe you need it? Let's even know if we are on the same page. How many of you know we need it? We need it. We need it. Proverbs 7 verse 4 says, Wisdom is the principal thing. Say, therefore, get wisdom, get understanding. So another component of the Holy Spirit is what you have had tonight, the power, which is not necessarily in fire and manifestation. Like the man of God said, um, John was so powerful that he was pointing to the disciples. This is the, 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 the Lamb of God that saved the whole world. What stopped him from following that Lamb of God? There's no wisdom. There's no divine intelligence. Because he's supposed to know that as soon as the Messiah land, landed, he should fold up his own ministry and follow him. So he didn't follow Jesus. And because he's now overshooting, he now started going to a political affair. And started pointing Herod's wife and doing something. That's why they cut off his head. And he wanted Jesus to rush without wisdom to come and save him. And Jesus didn't say anything. And he said, are you the one we look for? He started doubting even his own prophetic utterances for lack of wisdom. No stability. You are no longer sure. 
He sent his disciples, go and ask, are you the one we're looking for? Or should we look for another? And Jesus said, blessed is he that is not offended in me. You go and tell him what to see. The blind see, the lame walk. Blessed is he that is not offended. We are offended many times because there's no divine intelligence. We want to interpret things we don't even know. You don't know. You know it happened to the friends of Job for, for, for days unending. They were trying to convince Job that he was the sinner. They didn't know who was walking behind the scene. That it was the devil. And they started saying, is God punishing you for your sin? There are many things we don't know when we have the Holy Spirit and we don't have divine intelligence. Tonight, you're going to take time to pray. I don't even need to dictate to you. Lord, I need the spirit of wisdom. He that lack wisdom, let him ask from God. He, God will give him liberally. God is a liberal God. By the time you begin to know what you need, and God sees that your request, you are not asking, you know, amiss. You are not praying amiss. Let's lift up our hands and begin to pray. Let's begin to pray. Pray about what you had tonight. The things you have had. Things you have never had before that you had tonight. Check your operations. Check the things you have done. The lack of wisdom, the lack of understanding. Things that have brought regret into your life because there's no wisdom. Oh Lord, we, not, we ask for the power of the Holy Ghost in divine intelligence and understanding. We don't want to be seen in folly. We don't want foolishness to dominate our thoughts and our actions. We want to see your hand in everything we do. The greatest components of the Holy Spirit is wisdom, understanding, counsel, fear of the Lord. This is what we want out of this meeting. Not to do things the way we used to do things anymore. Oh God, let your spirit here we come upon everyone here tonight in wisdom, in understanding. We need to understand our assignment. We need to understand why we are here. We need to understand why we are alive. We need to understand why we're in that profession that you are in. You need to understand why you are married to the person you are married to. You need to understand why you are in this church. You need to understand why you are alive. That you are not there like others that you know. Oh God, open our eyes of understanding. Let our individual heaven open to the realities of the thing you want us to be. Let our understanding open. Oh, I want to believe somebody is praying because nobody is going to pray for you. Nobody is going to talk to God for you. You have to do the talking to God. Oh, the Lord is saying to me, there's someone, he has wanted to take you further, but there's no wisdom, no understanding. Yet you have the Holy Ghost. You know yourself. That what you lack in that marketplace is the wisdom of God. And tonight, God... He's having mercy on you like we had from the beginning. He's having mercy on you. And he's granting you grace in this time of need. Oh God, 
the next phase of our life needs your wisdom, your divine intelligence. The next phase of our life needs the language you will give us in wisdom to interact with the world around us. Grant us your spirit, O oh Lord, tonight. Grant us your wisdom. Grant us the wisdom to rule our homes, to rule our families. Grant us with the wisdom to be blessings to our extended family. Grant us the wisdom to live right, to do things right. Grant us this wisdom to walk right before you. Oh, the Lord said to Abraham, walk before me and be perfect. Grant that wisdom tonight. Oh, shaka baraba shatalaba. Letalabaroborobo shekelebo. Lekerebarobo shitalaba. Yedeleboroborobo shekaraba. In Jesus' name, you are going to pray against something that this is putting in my mind. God has blessed you many times, but there is a diverting spirit that operates in folly that makes you lose what God has given you. Rise up and, and take charge and command that spirit to leave you. The spirit of folly that makes you to almost get the things that God wants to give you, but in foolishness, in foolishness, you lose it again. Because of folly, you lose it again. Because you are not praying divine intelligence. Yet you pray in tongues. Yeah, you speak in tongues. You pray in the spirit. But you don't operate. You don't listen to God. On what to do. What's next to do. Oh yes, God. Help somebody tonight. Help ministries tonight. Help pastors tonight. Oh yes, help your children tonight. Help your daughters tonight. Help your sons tonight. Kabo shitala baraba. Yekele boroborobo. Help us to begin to ask questions from you. Help us to be, begin to wait on you, to hear a word from you. We come against all kinds of wrong prophetic utterances, negative prophetic utterances that have been given to us that are not right. We come against it right now in the name of Jesus. That we begin to hold on to a more sure word of prophecy. To a more sure word of prophecy. The one that we have. So like the day we down upon us. By your word. By your word. By your word. By your word in the name of Jesus Christ. Oh Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. You're going to open your mouth and pray by yourself. All form of foolishness. Yes. All kinds of foolishness that has operated, that is operating, or that want to operate from my life. I reject you and I resist you in the name of Jesus. Yes. All form of foolishness. You know, foolishness is the work of the flesh. 
Whether you are waiting for me ahead, or you have operated in my life, or you are operating right now, I reject you. I refuse you. I will not allow you in my life again. Foolish operations. Foolish talk. Yes. We resist you. We reject you. We disallow you in our lives, in our ministry. When you don't perceive a word of understanding from people around you, this is the time to walk away. When you don't perceive a word of wisdom, Bible allows you to walk away. To reject foolishness. Yes. Foolish ideas. Lack of wisdom and understanding. We tap into the wisdom of the Holy Ghost tonight. We tap into the power of the Holy Ghost in wisdom and understanding. I see God opening up. Yes, I see God opening up your mind and downloading and reprogramming you. God is reprogramming you right now. He's reprogramming you right now. There's a reprogramming going on right now. You will discover it very soon. Even before this program ends, after the end of this program, the power of the Holy Ghost will begin to manifest His window and understanding. There's a reprogramming. Yes, there's a reprogramming. God is putting applications into your life that have not been there before. Things that have crashed in your life is being reprogrammed to you by the power of the Holy Ghost. You begin to open your mouth in wisdom. You begin to operate in wisdom. Even your going out will be in wisdom. Your coming will be in wisdom. Your interaction will have the wisdom of God. Yes, your speeches will be full of the wisdom. Yes, they will begin to say, where did you learn this thing from? It is from the power. It is the power of the Holy Ghost. In the area of wisdom, that God is impacting into you. Lift up your hand for this impartation. Come and lift up your hand for this impartation. For this reprogramming. Yes, it's coming. It's upon you already. It's upon you already. God is preparing you even for the coming year. For the years ahead of you. Thank you, Lord, for what you have done. Thank you, Lord, for what you are doing. All glory and honor be unto your holy name. Thank you, Lord, because this is a separated church. This is a separated people. These are people that are like Israel of God. Though you may not be the greatest church in town, you may not be the mightiest church in town, but the wisdom of God is being released upon your life, and you're going to go out there and make impact, and they'll be able to say, you mean this is coming from this congregation? Because the Lord has decided to favor you. His grace is upon you, just like it was in the life of Jesus, because you have decided to seek for wisdom and understanding. Thank you, Heavenly Father. This ministry has come to you live from Every Nation Midrand. For other life-changing messages and more information, log on to www.everynationmidrand.org.